Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Decoding Society. This is your host, D'Angelo Starnes. Today is Sunday, June the, I mean, July, I'm sorry, July 22nd, 2018. And uh, joining us from the left coast is Chris, Cat, our co-host, Chris Cathcart. What's up, brother? Hey, man. What's going on, D? Good, good. Uh, so uh, we weren't on last weekend, um, because uh, we didn't take one last week because uh, I was uh, tied up with uh, uh, Howard uh, acti- alumni activities. Uh, we had our annual freshman send-off. Uh, as well, we uh, as a club uh, participated in the Denver Black Arts Festival. And uh, oh, so that shot. Yeah, 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 it was good. Uh, and then yesterday you kind of did – uh, similar thing, right? Yeah, so for the listeners who may not know that oftentimes um, Howard University alumni in various cities will host um, cookouts or barbecues to send off um, incoming young people from that area who are going to Howard as freshmen. So what D'Angelo just explained that they did in Denver and in L.A. we had ours yesterday. It was about about 20, 20 some odd kids out, uh, a, a few from high, many from high school, but also some junior college transfers. And it's a nice oh, program. Okay. I mean, I, I, there wasn't anything like that when I went to Howard. Believe me, there was. I got sent off like my dad, my uncle dropped my ass off at at, at Cook Hall and turned around and went back to Jersey. That was my sent off. But but this was cool. And parents were out. Yo. People ate. And they got T-shirts and how I love Howard buttons and. Stuff like that and mugs. So it was real nice. I'm sure what you guys did in Denver was nice too. You there? Did we lose you? Yeah, sorry about that. We had a brief. Power outage, I guess. Um, so I, I missed the last part of what Chris was talking about, but I wanted to uh, know what happened. Piggyback. I'm back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're back. Okay, yeah. We had something power surge or something because we it, both it, got. It was yeah. a technical. My phone didn't cut off. It just it just stayed on. So we just it's the it's the man okay. trying to hold us down again. <laughs> right. Okay. So you were saying it was not your your event was nothing like when you. Was sent off. What happened? No, I'm, I'm saying that when I went to Howard, I never even heard of that. No, I never heard about some kind of send off. It just got I got dropped off. Is what I got. I didn't get a send off. <laughs> oh, okay. But well, but, you know, but the cool the cool the cool thing about this one was that over the course of the year, I actually represented Howard at um, college fairs, and there was actually some parents I saw who were trying to get their kids in Howard, like when I saw last fall or something like that, who were at the send-off. So it was kind of cool to see some of the parents who have been trying, you know, to get their kid into college, and particularly to Howard University, to actually see them there after their kid's been accepted, and they're excited about sending their kids to D.C. So that was cool. No, that is cool, man. Um, we kind of had the same thing. We uh, we started a program uh, 
that's geared towards the the college application process uh, for parents and students, but a lot of it is for parents, and it's called Howard 101. And uh, we had two students that attended that that ended up going to Howard. Uh, so they were there as oh. well at, at ours as well. Yeah, we uh we uh I I I had a uh, I think when here in Denver we had a HBCU um, uh, send off uh, and they laid it out, man. So well, that's nice. So give that back to the student because because I remember how special I felt. Uh, uh, Upon you know Lieber Lieber to go to Howard. No, that's nice. I mean, I'm sure that, that Chris. I think over I think over the years, the university and the alumni association in particular, and I'm sure with other schools too, it's not just Howard, has really codified this process because it's. I mean, it's cool because you figure it's midsummer and the students going to report in a month or so, but they already start to feel a part of the um, the family. And then, you know, even before they get there, no matter where you come from, you know that you got like a base, a home base, and it's nice. It's real good. Did I drop off again? I, I, I my yo. phone didn't cut off. So I don't, I, yo, the man is trying to keep us down, man. This is the man. This is the man. This is the man. This, this is the Safe, yeah, right? yeah. I'm beginning to become suspicious, man, and that's uh, unusual. Okay, I, all right. Well, let's move it. Go ahead. I, I, I put out a bad Trump tweet yesterday, so they may be trying to get on me about that. Oh man. Well, that's what we're here to talk about because uh, America has just lost this motherfucking mind, man. Uh, this past week. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's lost its mind anyway, but, 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 I mean, it went into, it went into overdrive to a level that was, it wasn't this bad since 9-11. Remember 9-11, it was wall-to-wall, America under attack, and America fights back, and, you know, everything was 9-11 for a long time, wall-to-wall, and, uh I hadn't seen anything like, to me, this is not on the level of 9-11. That's the first part, and we'll get into that. No. But but I haven't seen anything this hysterical, uh, you know, after the, the Helsinki, quote, summit uh, since that time. Uh, I, I don't know, brother. How do you, what, how do you feel about it? I mean, it's just convergence of many different things. It's a convergence of um, what I think I mentioned this to you the other day in an email, 24-hour news where it's wall you could, it's yeah. wall to wall. Um, and that, you know, and I remember when I worked at CNN, just to give you a quick backdrop, when I worked at CNN, CNN launched in 1980. I, I thought I worked at CNN in 87. And I remember when I got to CNN, they said that nobody really paid attention to 24-hour news until baby Jessica fell in the well. The little little girl mm. fell in the well, and and so people who were skeptical of watching 24-hour news actually turned to CNN, then which was the only 24-hour news channel at that time, to watch the coverage of baby Jessica, who had fell in the well. The next thing that happened was when the Columbia space shuttle went down, 
where people were like, okay, it's, it's wall to wall because we're so interested in this tragedy. And, you know, you're not going to – it's just human nature. We're not going to tune in and watch 24 hours or some feel-good story. It's just not going to happen. We're going to watch this. Oh, that's cute. Oh, they saved the baby. Oh, they got the kids out of the, the cave, right? But we'll watch 24 hours of what we consider to be some kind of tragedy or disaster. So what we've seen recently is with the election of Trump, the advent of social media, where now, we, like I said, we can all be Walter Cronkite. We can all weigh in in real time about what's going on relative to our particular opinion and perspective, and the 24-hour news cycle, and the access to online media, where before you had to wait for the next day for the newspaper to come out. Now you can go right to Washington Post, New York Times, and L.A. Times, and see the, the updated, not only the story, the, but the updated version of it in real time. So all those points connecting. And then you put the maniac in the White House. <laughs> so you have, like, the perfect storm of angst, and and the ability to define, divide and define your position and the ability to weigh in and stress out in real time. And so it's just a perfect storm of everybody getting a seat in the stadium and being able to watch the show. You know, everybody can get in, and everybody can now weigh in, and that's what's going on. So it's just that if you really want to keep your sanity and follow the news, and you just got to really kind of navigate this and, you know, keep your eye on the ball, but it's hard to do. I hear you. I mean, it's, All right. it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I would say that. It is entertaining. Because I, I don't watch, you know, uh, reality TV. I don't watch a lot of situation comedies. Dude, I don't watch a whole – I've never seen Game of Thrones, you know, all that stuff. But I will watch the news. Right. And it's damn near more exciting and more interesting than any of that stuff now. Well, yeah, the pundits. And I, that – I used to watch Fox News – you know, full disclosure, under altered states of mind uh, as a comedy show, um, <laughs> just to get a laugh. <laughs> remember, this, remember years ago, the McLaughlin group? The McLaughlin group? Oh, man. Yeah. I used to watch that when we were at Howard, right? And that was yeah. maybe the only time you got real full-on punditry. Remember, you had to wait for a show like to get, like, okay, people's opinions about but now all the news is pundits. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all people invoking not only their position on things, but their partisan position on things. So it is very easy to, so if you're, if you're new to the news game, you know, a young cat, young lady getting into the news now, they view it as, okay, it's all opinion. You know, facts are secondary. Mm-hmm. It's your interpretation of facts that are primary. That's that's such a good point. Yeah, that is dangerous. That's such a good point because, like you said, I I became a McLaughlin group uh, freak too. A slow haul. I I forgot whose room we used to go in and watch McLaughlin group. (laughs) You know, like you said, some brews and some you turkey, chicken, meat, Popeyes. Yeah. If if you were somewhat uh, aware and conscious in the mid eighties or so, I guess seventies, because that was on for a while into the early nineties. That that was like a go to show. And then you had a crossfire on CNN that went on for a while. Yep. Um that was but 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 think about this. Now all the news is essentially that. You 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 get updates on some car chase or the unfortunate capsizing of the duck boat in Michigan I believe it was. You get updates on those things. But you don't get, you know, you don't get the the three and four levels deep 
digging into the issues the way you do with punditry now. I was just watching something on CNN, and uh, Jake Tapper was interviewing Mark Rubio, and if it was a 20-minute interview, 15 minutes of it was based on the Helsinki, Trump's performance at Helsinki. Yeah. So, I mean, but what's your take on it? I mean, I'm, I'm rambling. What's your take? No, I mean, I, I've, bro, it's hard for me to uh, watch any of the alphabet distraction networks for too long because it all sounds, if you, if you don't read, and I'm not saying this to, to denigrate anybody, um, it's design, it, because it's, a lot of this is by design. But if you don't read uh, outside of or listen to news outside of though that circle of CNN, MSNBC, CBS, Fox, Disney, um, it all it, it sounds reasonable. It sounds re- it sounds reasonable, and um, and it's almost easier to listen to. And like you said, entertaining to listen to people debate quote debate. Because the even that the parameters of the debate is is very uh, narrow. Uh, it's easy to get sucked into that because there seems to be a lot of detail and a lot of words about it. So it's hard for me to 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 watch too much of that without suffering some form of brain damage. So I I kind of stay I hover over it. <laughs> right? So you know I read. And I'll and I'll go you know, a lot of times to original source, like the, the indictment. You know, I've I read part of the indictment, I've, and so. Um, but folks want a short. Yeah, that that Russian. I want to get into that a little bit because that's feeding the echo. It's a it's a feedback loop right now. Um, and then social media. And so I'm I'm what what was really uh, getting to me, um, Chris was. Uh, the feedback loop on social media, and and especially from black people, and 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 you know black people using uh, terms like our democracy and treason, and uh, it kind of took me to we's boss, we sick boss type moment, you know, because <laughs> black people should know this ain't a damn democracy. I mean. <laughs> Where when when did um, America become a democracy for black people? I mean, I'm, I'm rhetorically. Go ahead, though. No, no, it's um the interesting thing. Just just if you uh if you put in perspective the the out moral outrage over Russia's interference with the election in 2016. You you. As a black person, as a per, as a progressive, but as a person of color in this country who has, you know, kept an eye on the international front, if you believe mm-hmm. the United States hasn't interfered in elections around the world for decades, you are naive to a point of being dangerous. All right? So the, yeah. the moral outrage that, that – so I'm not saying it's right that Russia intervened. I'm not saying I'm cool with it. I'm just saying – you, you you have to if you want to crawl out on that moral perch, you better make sure that limb can support your weight, and it yeah. can't relative to what America has done from uh, from uh, Chile to the Congo 
trying to assassinate Castro. <laughs> Let me do it. Right. You, you, you can get a world map and throw a dart and basically detail where America tried to intervene either through election rigging, outright assassination, co-opting of progressive organizations and groups, Nicaragua. Go down the list. America's always intervened. The Cold War was yeah. essentially a chess game between the, 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 the America and Russia, yes. the Eastern powers and the Western powers, moving around oftentimes countries of color yeah. to the people who live their detriment. So, don't, yeah. you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly that if you if you a progressive, a person of color in particular, and you, you saw talk about, oh, my God, and Trump did this with the Russians and the Russians, how, how could this go down? I said, you need to be clear on history. That doesn't excuse it. But you've got to place it in the context. And I think what happens now, and I think to the point, the broader point you're making is that when you are reflexive on social media and the, our democracy, it is, a, it, it, is, it, is, it is you acting on emotion without the benefit of intellect, essentially. Because yes. you're not yes. putting shit in the yes. context. You have to put it into context. And, that's, and honestly, that's what we don't get with the news. We don't get context. That is the responsibility of the person, the viewer, the, the, the person absorbing information. It's our job, our listeners' jobs, to play, put, put things into context. And I think to your original point here, a lot of people of color in particular, we're not putting things into context. And that's dangerous. Even if, even if on occasion, it's like if somebody hands you a baton and says, run, there's a chance you might run in the right direction, but there's an even better chance you won't. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's right. You wow. have to. You have to be able to place that, and we don't, and we don't, and the news isn't really the news anymore. It's in a it's a, a watered down version of reality shows where we we're basically watching warring factions battle it out, like you watch Atlanta Housewives or whatever. But there's no point to it. There's no context unless you put it in context for yourself, and most of us aren't. Sadly, excuse me. I'm going to say this, and and, and Seymour Hurst. Uh, kind of uh, actually heard him make uh, uh, this point where he says the, the, the news that you see on television is like a very low level form of journalism. It, if you can call it journalism, I think you kind of, I mean, you really, I didn't realize I was watching McLaughlin group as much where entertainment as uh, information either until you said it. But I think that, you know, to your point about context, so, you know, I would suggest for folks that aren't doing it to use it as kind of an entry point to get the context. So, for instance, if you're hearing people debate about the Russian in, that, that indictment the Mueller did, go read it. I, for real. I mean, read it. I, I mean, I understand what an indictment is, too. And then, and then um, read or listen to – there are – a lot of now with the advent of podcasts, there are a lot of sources of information where there are journalists, investigative journalists, who are still doing journalist work, digging in facts, looking at documents, interviewing uh, participants um, who are doing deep dives into uh, various news stories, uh, including this one. And uh, I would suggest that folks got to step out. I, I told the guy, I, I did it as an insult, but I probably shouldn't do it like that anymore because he was getting on my nerves. Uh, I said, you need to get out more and, and read and listen to more information. 
because there's a lot that's not being told. And I almost use what I hear on the news, I almost go the exact opposite. I mean, as an attorney, I got to go the exact opposite sometimes in litigation anyway, but I go the exact opposite and, and I verify or you know, look into it. Because to me, the history of America is they don't really tell you what's really going on because if they did, they couldn't control you. You know, in terms of, like you said, you know, people get uh, emotional and they have emotional reactions and, and emotional reaction is, is, can be impulsive and it's immediate. And so, you know, you push the right buttons and you got a person, like you say, you give them a baton, they know to go around the track because it's already outlined for them. So, you, so they know that which way you're going to run based on what emotional buttons they push. Um, so, yeah, this it's. I mean, what, 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 I mean, the thing. That, what, what do we? What, I guess I pull because I don't have the. I don't have the answer. I don't, I don't know what we do. Do we? You can't ignore it. You have to. You know, no. Everybody's going to be. It's just that you got to find a way to. To be an active participant where you bring as much as you take. I think oftentimes we're, we're, we're too passively consuming what we get. And, yes. and, and we live in a, I don't think we ever lived in a time that was so partisan in terms of like political perspectives and views where people basically have their silos now. And that's what social media did. I, I mean, the whole concept of social media blows my mind in this context because I thought when the social media was the emergence of it, the Internet, um, all the different opportunities to get information, would actually bring people together. It actually has helped to divide people even more intensely. Than, and I, that, that's shocking to me because I thought access to information, legitimate, um, 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 the nonpartisan factual information would be something that would knock down barriers between people. But what is what the opportunity? What the the advent of the internet has done is not not created some broad equal playing field. It's allowed people to get into their own individual lane and to be yeah. intensely stay put in your lane. And so now now you not only consume news passively, but you consume news with an appetite for only particular things. And I and that's dangerous. And I don't I don't know how you I don't know how we come back as a society from that. Because it, it, the whole the whole concept of being able to get online and entertain your own individual view and idea and opinion and not be open to learn or evolve. I mean, that, that we always talk about it, Howard, right? We was at Howard having these debates in the dorm. Well, really, what we were doing, well, we was kind of making a stone soup of things, right? We were just throwing everything in there, and then, and we were learning from mm-hmm. it. We were evolving from it. We we didn't get to Howard having those arguments, right? We got to how we started having it and debating perspectives and evolving from black nationalism to pan-Africanism to whatever the next thing was, and learning about those things. We're not doing that now. The people, I'm not, and I mean in a different context. We're not, we're not having those kind of debates that the purpose of them is to grow and evolve. We're having those kind of debates is to beat down and convince. And I don't yeah. know where we go. I don't know how this changes. I, don't, I, don't, I only see it getting worse. And I think in the Trump era, because he's really personified the concept that you can create your own reality. He's personified yeah. that, that. That was a loose idea that he's put into practical application that if you try hard enough, and it ain't even that hard now, you can essentially invent your own reality and your own facts 
and make things up and, and, and live your life that way and vote that way and participate in unions or not that way. And it's dangerous. And I don't know how we come back from it. I hope maybe somebody could call in and tell us. I don't know how we come back from it. Yeah, no, I, well, we got to kind of go back to uh, the way you learned. Yeah, I got a book. I read a book I got from s and Books. Out in Los Angeles, uh, uh, independent black bookstore. If you're in Los Angeles, please patronize these brothers. Uh, it's called Four Arguments for the Elimination of Television. And uh, I used part of that book. I used that book to help form a hypothesis for why black criminal male defendants were getting raw deal at in jury trials. And it was based in part on how stereotypes that you see in movies and on news impact people. And the way I utilized four arguments for the elimination of television was in that book, it talks about how watching television is a passive activity. And so you're, you're just being fed and your brain is, is is just taking it all in and, and adopting and adapting. No, it's adopting what the images that you're receiving from the television. And mm-hmm. it contrasted that passive activity with reading, where if you read, your mind was actively engaged. You were creating the images based on the words. You were um, able to uh, uh, you know, formulate uh, your own opinion based on the words, and and uh, and it, it, was, it was a more active activity and, and exercised your mind. And so you know that was one of his main tenets. Uh, I think that was his first argument, actually, that watching television is a passive activity. And so that means that what you see on the news twenty four seven, as you said, every um, by different people. In fact, which gives the illusion of, you know, differences of opinion is being fed into your mind in a passive activity to the point where it starts, that was the other thing, that it starts to create a reality. And you're in a dreamlike state when you watch television, is what it says, is that you get lost and emotionally involved. And for instance, if you watch a movie, uh, it gets you emotionally involved, even though you know that Denzel has such and such, and Denzel is Malcolm X, and Denzel is the equalizer, and Denzel as a as a you know as a rogue cop, you get it's the same dude but different roles. And to you, it's a reality for that moment, and that's kind of the same thing with news. And so I think that's we're being manipulated through that activity. Now I know it sounds um, outlandish, but look at the reality. Look at what I, look at perfectly reasonable and intelligent people that have gone, that we know, that gone to Howard and then studied Pan-Africanism, read, you know, a lot of the same books you and I have read, talking about our democracy. Think about how many people that, 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 that well, buy that, into this. That, this, this that's always been, that's always been, um, I mean, the boys have written about it, um, this, you know, I think it's so with the black folks about the, the, the duality of the of the African American experience in this country, where you are, where you, you 
you want to feel a part of something, and you want to claim ownership of something, the, the nation, yeah. state, democracy, whatever it is, but at the same time, you know your reality and your relationship to it has often been at odds. I, I have a hard time saying my government, my democracy. I have a hard time yeah. saying it. And my issues with America predate Barack Obama. I always have to tell yes. the people that the elected Barack Obama didn't satisfy me relative to issues that I want to redress about as a person of color in this country. Now, does that mean I don't, I don't, I'm not happy I'm an American citizen? I'm born an American citizen. I travel around the world a few times I can. I have my passport as an American citizen and all the rights therein. But does that mean I have to subscribe to the concept of ownership of a government and a nation state that's oftentimes been at odds in my basic humanity? No. But that, but that's a, that, you talk about white privilege, there is a black privilege. Mm-hmm. You know what the black privilege is? The black privilege is we can fucking complain about this government and this country to the highest hills and still be a citizen of it. That's our privilege. You, so don't give me the stuff about if you don't love America, you can leave. No, no. No, you didn't give me yeah. that option 400 years ago. <laughs> you know, no, that's right. You know, that's first, right. You, know, you can stay and be slaves, and we can send you right back if you don't want to do this. <laughs> so don't give me that option now so I can both enjoy the benefits of America and complain about America at the same time with the same veracity. And I don't have to explain or apologize to anyone for that. That is I love that. Yeah. 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 No, that that's right. And blood and lynchings. And leaders being assassinated, and organizations being disrupted, and countries that look for people look like us being brutalized and colonized. We earn that right. That's black privilege to me. So don't ever tell me I can't complain. So I agree with you. I have a hard time saying our democracy, our government, my national intelligence agency. <laughs> I have a hard time, but I can all, I can still enjoy the benefits and complain and say that. Hey, that makes you are we earned it. Nah, we are the descendants of slaves earned it. And that 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 like you said, I mean, I saw something where, you know, homeless niggas go back to Africa. I'm like, well, it ain't like black people ask to come to this motherfucker voluntarily anyway. So what the fuck are you talking about, go back? You brought me here, like you just said. I, I wanna um uh piggyback on another point you made about uh, uh just you know about how this argument between um uh Russia and America is really a, a chessboard argument uh that's gone on since uh Harry Truman. It kind of started there yeah. the whole I mean, NATO thing. Yeah. But I, I mean, admittedly you know since you know the Soviet Union disbanded and the, the, I mean I think Russia's economy now is on par with Italy. So it ain't it ain't like it used to be. But that right. the, the Putin has played a masterful game of essentially positioning himself like it is. I do give him credit for that. And Trump let him do it, but I give him credit for that because the Soviet Union, outside of the nuclear weapons, out, and which is a major thing, don't get me wrong, outside of that, that, mm-hmm. that it is not, it's a paper tiger compared to what it used to be, but during the, 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 the apex of the Cold War, it was essentially a chess game. And countries like the, uh, Angola and Mozambique, uh, Nicaragua, uh, go down the list. Uh, Chile, go down. The, they they were pawns in this chess game, and and you know the Cold War was essentially fought on the battlefield of black and brown people's homes. If you think right. about it, right? No, right. I mean, like the whole Syria thing. So, 
Right. It, 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 in fact, the Trump and Putin precedes Trump. I mean, the Putin, the Bush, W, uh, praised uh, Putin. And they, they, this dude, they, you know, I don't want to get into, because we'll have a lot of time to get into how Soviet Union became, went to back to Russia, and then, you know, how the Clinton administration basically put in Boris Yeltsin so that American oligarchs and Russian oligarchs could take advantage of the resources there, and then, you know, Putin came in to clean that shit up. Uh, and, you know, uh, so, I mean, it, the, the, that's the other thing. You know, when you talk about context, you know, folks kind of got, people our age at least, you know, that were around during the Clinton administration don't have an excuse, <laughs> you know, because you saw, you saw American interference with Russian elections. Uh, but what what bothers me, uh, and Chris, uh, you, you you pose this question, um, and we do what we can to try to bring it to people's attention and try to elevate that as a rationale for uh, Trump as one of the rationales or, or main factors for Trump becoming president is voter suppression. That, can you imagine if voter suppression crossed? Uh, what is it now? I'm hearing cross strike, cross. I forgot the name. Is uh, crowd strikers? They, they're mixing the names up. But uh, Chris Kovacs' um, organization uh, that scrub voter rolls. If, if if folks were looking into that as hard as they are into this Russian quote interference with the election. That we have that be more salient. That be more information that we can use to, you know, uh, uh, to to in you know to engage in democracy, to create democracy, you know. But that's not what we're getting here. We're talking about Russian interference. Let me tell you this real quick for folks because we are running out of time. Uh, I would suggest you, you can look at the indictment online if you choose to. Um, but the first, uh, so indictments are basically an, an indictment is an accusation, and it's uh, based on probable cause that you violated a law. And so crimes are defined by statutes. And then federal court, which is where this is, uh, they're defined by the United States Code. So the code sections under which the indictment are filed are, are two or 18 U.S.C. 2, 371, 1349, and 1028. So 2 is uh, 2 and, um, and uh, 371, those are ways to define the participants and the fact that they're going to indict them on conspiracy. Um, 1349 is, uh, let me go to it. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, 1349. Is that a statute? 1349. Yeah, it's, it's 1349 is an attempt to do conspiracy. So the first three, those first three sections are, 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 are fraud, the, uh, conspiracy. And then, uh, 1028 is, I believe, uh, identity theft. So most of that indictment dealt with identity theft and conspiracy to commit fraud. Election crimes of the sort that they are 
ostensibly investigating aren't even in the uh, the United States Code. Uh, the Justice Department has a manual that it puts out for its uh, prosecutors on uh, election. It's called Federal Prosecution of Election Defenses of Offenses. It's the seventh edition. You can go to their website, justice.gov. And they talk about what election crimes are. And they break down what election crimes are. Election fraud, patronage uh, crimes, which is bribery, campaign financing crimes, there's statutes for that, civil rights crimes, uh, you know, voting rights act. So election fraud, so where do you get hacking out of election fraud? Nobody's asking, that's what I'm saying, you know, in terms of it sounds so sexy that Russians hacked into a server to influence the election. Uh, but, you know, you, the context is that that's not, that may not be even an election crime fraud that they, that the Justice Department ordinarily would be uh, investigating for uh, a prosecution. Yeah. They, 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 they lay it out. They got a manual. They got, they go, when you do, when you do uh I've worked for the government. So these manuals are their Bible. So you got to know, and if you're a defense attorney, you're going to read. If if you're a defense attorney, you're going to read this this manual to know how to attack the government's case. So all that fancy fancy tech talk that they got in there, it may not even be a fraud. I mean, it may not even be a crime. Well, I mean, I think uh, I, 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 I don't know much about Mueller, but I do appreciate the fact that you know how hard it is to do something like that and not have any leaks in this era. Um, oh no, he he's doing a pretty good job on that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that if, I, I'm if, giving if, that. If nothing else, I mean, as a PR guy, I know how hard it is to keep information. It's, it's as you know, one of the People always talk about the PR professor's job to get information out, but most of the places I work, the hardest time is when you keep information in. You know, when you keep information from getting out, that's the real work. And the fact that they've been able to do that, that that's just blew – it has continued to blow my mind how that's happened. I mean, I don't know how you have such an airtight – whatever, you know, left, right, center, whatever you think about it, the fact that nobody's talking is amazing to me. Yeah, well, so you know, you, you know, is. in Washington, yeah. there's so many levers that people are pulling and pushing and yanking to try to get people who working with that team to say something, and nobody said anything. That's that's incredible. I mean, I get, I, I hear you, man, and I appreciate you bringing that perspective to it because uh, that would be difficult. He's got a hard job to sell this thing, and uh, based on the for the premise that they. Uh, that they started off with the Russian interference with the election. And, you know, to your question, you know, black Americans should be outraged that this is what our tax dollars are are investigating as opposed to investigating and, and prosecuting clear election offenses that are on the books. Right. That deal with, people losing their right to vote. There are people that voted and their votes didn't count in Milwaukee and in Detroit. You know, and those, those, and in those two places, 
tens of thousands of black votes did not get counted. People voted. We talk about people who didn't show up to vote. There were people that voted whose votes didn't count, and that would have provided the margin of victory for to, to, to overturn the election in those two states if those votes were counted. I mean, so, I mean, that this is, to me, outrageous, and this is why we had an offline discussion about, you know, the, the Congressional Black Caucus and our criticism, or at least my criticism of certain members. No, of I that. mean, we, we, so I, I, I could dig it. Our angst is misplaced. And that's, that's um, I mean, sadly, that ain't, it ain't the first time. That we <laughs> right. have been on. But, but, you know, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it seems like a lot of this stuff is new because it's so intense and so in your face and so every day you get, you get alerts on your phone that let you know when this happened. You got a New York Times alert, Huffington Post alert, and the Washington Post alert, and the Hill alert, and all these things letting you know what's going on. So you think it's all, it's, it's just, it's just a lot of the stuff we've been through before, just a lot more of it more available. That's all. So I hear you. I mean, we we should be up in arms about many things much more important than this, but we're not. But that that ain't that's not unique or new, sadly. Well, right. So and then you know back to the question again. Um, what do we do about it? it? Shows like this and encourage folks to get off that box. Of, of of discussion and engage other sources and read original sources. Read the you know when you hear about an indictment, read it. I mean some of some of it is really boring. I mean a lot of it is really boring. Um, and this di- indictment is sexy, but it's boring. <laughs> so um, before we get out, uh, I do want to encourage folks um, to watch uh, if you have Netflix. Um, Oliver Stone uh, and I forgot the gentleman's name his first name is Peter uh, put together a series called The Untold History of the United States Uh, it ran on Showtime it's now on Netflix the original uh, version had 10 episodes they have added two more Uh, I would encourage people to watch episode 11 and it discusses uh, World War I uh, the election of, of William McKinley uh, and Theodore Roosevelt taking over for, after that, and then World War One. Look at the conditions of and some of the propaganda that was taking place a hundred years ago and compared to now. Uh, also, um, look, for understanding. Look at that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna look at that today. Hello. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then also, uh, Gordon Vidal um, is a, a writer, uh, but his family has, de- he's part of the, uh, uh, he's an elitist, and he's part of the elite, he comes from that class, but he has a very populist uh, viewpoint and uh, analysis of American history. I would encourage folks to uh, seek out his uh, speech on the beginning of a national security state. Um, and and check that out because uh, you know he he his his family was intimately involved. He's related to Jimmy Carter and Al Gore, for instance. Uh, friends with John F. Kennedy, you know this dude was he's got a front row seat at at a lot of the politics over in during the 20th century. So check out check that out uh, too. Um, so 
uh, just some sources of information we try to take. We got to wrap it up, Chris. Uh, any final words? No, man. It, I, I, you know, I, I, I just encourage every anybody listening. Just as, as you said a second ago, try to get some original source material and don't just accept what you're being fed. Go and demand things. Go and you know, discover stuff. Research. Read. Look behind the story instead of just the story. So no, I, I, I appreciate a lot of the points you brought up in this discussion today, man. All right. Thank you very much. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a rating or a review. Take care, brother. All right, man. Take care.